and gentlemen, we're back. Energy Captains here with the Whitney Hulsman. Whitney, how are you doing? I'm doing well. We have a party in this room, and our dream continues to grow that everyone we each know, we can bring them together, and they can all meet each other, and that's happening right now. Right now, right now. So, Whitney, uh, I want to give you the graces. I want to pass you the ball. Um, you've brought us all together for, through your graces, through your your genius, through your love. So I want to pass the ball. Through my charming personality. Through, I mean, I would keep going. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a laundry list, right, of what you can do and what you have done. So please uh, be kind to introduce our, our guest here today. Okay, first of all, we have Eric Dungy. Eric is actually the reason we have this podcast in the first place. He introduced us to his team who puts together podcasts, so... This wouldn't happen. Hand class. Can we get a, uh, Eric's uh, yeah, hand class for Eric? Thank you, Eric, for saving the day, my guy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Come on, please. <laughs> He's like, I deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric and I actually grew up together, but he was a little bit younger. What grade did you graduate high school? 2010. Okay, so he was like, you know, in elementary school. That was I was like, 11. I was 11, so don't, relax. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> relax. Yeah, so Eric and I went to the same school gro- growing up. Then he moved away. And then I think we reconnected back on Twitter yeah. as adults. And I can't remember. We were like, let's grab coffee. And then it's Boom. been a beautiful yeah. friendship ever since. Exactly. Met my dog the other night. So, like, yeah. we're really just full on and best your, friends now. And your dog <laughs> left a toy in my purse. So like, I don't know if I'm closer with you or the dog. Like, it's, it's a toss-up now. And, <laughs> I love that I know the whole family now. And then I got to meet Ty when I presented at the AAF um, to the San Diego fleet. And actually, it's amazing we're friends because that was my first presentation. And there were like 47 technical difficulties. They couldn't get the computer up and running. So they all just had to sit there. And I'm pretty sure everyone else fell asleep except Ty. And then he wrote me this email. You want to say what was like in the email? He like told me his whole life story. Yeah, basically, I just told her that I was. Basically, I just told her how... uh, thankful I was that she came way out there and like spoke to us and that she had a lot of helpful information mm-hmm. and then when I got the card I saw she had an 813 number I'm oh. like Tampa okay it's a connection <laughs> yeah. out there in Texas ain't, no, ain't nothing out there you uh-huh. know? so then I just emailed her and then kind of told her about myself and bam we here now yeah yeah what yeah. a beautiful story and I know my connection with Ty right um, he interned at the Buccaneers as well so I see him back there getting it in with the mm-hmm. DBs and it was funny you were saying earlier you were like man like I could be out here with these guys and you said you would get frustrated sometimes yeah. because it's like wait a minute I can do what these guys are doing um, and, and jump into that like how was your experience with the Buccaneers and interning there how was that I mean, it was real good. It was, like, real hands-on, and, like, I learned, like, a lot of behind-the-scenes things, a lot of logistics of uh, football off the field that mm-hmm. you don't really realize when you're playing, like, what what it takes to go into it. The good, bad, and ugly. Right. But mm-hmm. then after that, I mean, it just – I don't know. I just – I don't know, I just roll with the punches, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know Eric, I mean, you know, your your legacy, what you what you bring to the table is uh it speaks for itself. Um how, how has your relationship been uh being at the Buccaneers and your time there? What 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 was that like? It was cool. It was cool to kind of see a different side of football, you know, growing up, uh, obviously with my dad and everything and the football side of it, and then I got a chance to jump to the business side of it and then now I'm kinda of doing a hybrid of both doing real estate but working with athletes. So it's it's kind of life's come full circle. Eric has sold four billion houses this year. <laughs> Every day on social media, he's like, "That's false. That's, don't sue me. That's false." <laughs> <laughs> but you've like in a couple years of starting this business, have really like started to own the market, and you have amazing clients and are doing incredible work, and should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. Yeah, I saw you on the identity. I think it was with Prona CEO with uh, with our boy Marcus, and you you, you described uh, just that transition right from from high school college ball um, into the or you know, into the next life. And can you describe that interview and how that went about from what we saw on the identity? Yeah, so definitely a shout-out to Proto CEO and our boy Marcus and everybody that helped out with that project. But it was just me telling my story, and the main thing about that was just kind of trying to inspire other people that are maybe going through life transitions. And for me, the biggest thing was just kind of like 
I had to change how I viewed myself. Like for so many years, I viewed myself as an athlete and mm-hmm. identify as an athlete. And then I had to kind of stop, kind of like rebrand myself a little bit as a businessman and kind of reintroduce myself to people in that light. And so it was a several year process. And as Whitney has alluded to in the past few months, I'm starting to see a lot of, uh, I guess the fruits of my labor now is what has business is kind of starting to take off. You but, had to change your Instagram name from your college number <laughs> to your real name. And that was the that hardest. Was yeah, I went from ED19 to, to Eric Dungey, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he rolled his eyes. Wait, so it's just you said verbally you had to change what you did um, and what things, you know, were perceived as as well, right? So did you change your gear, your clothes? Yeah. Like, how yeah, did you man. Do that? So, I mean, if you would have looked at my IG three years ago, every picture would have been me, you know basketball shorts or sweatpants or whatever and if you look at it now it's you know button downs and suits and ties and that's just like the way I viewed myself and the way I wanted people to see me I kind of had to change that I still have my beer still have my dreads but I had to kind of change uh kind of my image a little bit so to speak and then the the content of the things I was posting kind of had to be in line with who I wanted to be at the time because it was almost like speaking into an existence I was like showing that I was this great realtor businessman even though I had like wasn't quite there yet. I had to kind of project what I wanted to be. And then now it's kind of aligning with who I am and, and what I put out there. Whoa. I mean, that's, that's big for me because now, right? Like I'm waiting for football to call. And I know you spoke about that in the interview. You were like, okay, at the time it's like, Oh, I still want to play ball, but I'm not sure. Um, things are happening for me. But I think when I, do decide to make that full transition that'll be the first step i make right my instagram says cameron lynch 50 i'm have to change that to just cameron lynch right yeah. because that'll be the first step to branding i got uh flip-flops on now the t-shirt you know players tribune shirt um ty um i, I want to throw this question to you because you were speaking about that right where you went through a rough time you're like man like um i feel you know invisible when it comes to not playing football anymore or at that moment i playing football you're still doing it you're still going through it like me um but i had that that type of feeling too i was like dang like i'm here in tampa uh in my old stomping grounds and i have to figure out where i want to go and how to be visible you're at your money. home tampa's where you live <laughs> oh my home and where you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> hopefully in a long time from now but in 100 years yeah in 100 years but yeah ty so um hearing what eric said in that advice um what's your thoughts on this i know you're substitute teaching now um i mean you're gonna get like a pocket holder what you what you gonna do to rebrand yourself after football's done <laughs> and i think kind of walk us through your story of how you got to this point so there's some context okay so uh senior at ball state Bam, my third game had a had a seizing ending injury. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, uh had surgery, came back to Tampa mm-hmm. in hopes of uh, going to pro day. Bam, got an MRI, was still torn. So that was out of the picture for at least another year. So I'm like, Mom, yeah. what can I do mm-hmm. where I can still make money but like still train full time, give it all I got? Mm-hmm. She like, Oh, maybe you should substitute teach. Yeah. So bam, I got it in that. <laughs> and, How's and, that been? How's that and, been? Yeah. And, and now I now I hear, oh, you're taller than my dad, Mr. H. And, are, you, are you LeBron James? Uh, I'm like, uh, I don't think so. But <laughs> you're taller than my dad. <laughs> you're taller than my dad. So, like, That's hilarious. That's hilarious. And they ask you that all the time, or what? Like, how does that? Just all the time. Like, oh, do you play basketball? Why are you so tall? Like, are you a teacher? Are, are you 16? <laughs> I'm like, uh. I don't think so. Like, I look young, but I'm not that young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's funny because you described also you had an opportunity to go substitute for these eighth graders, right, and your experience there. So, you know, the Whitney says she doesn't know many athletes that teach as well, besides Brandon Coleman, that teach and play ball at the same time. So for people who do want to do that, describe your experience, you know, with the eighth graders and how that went and what they can run into. 
Yeah, so with the eighth grade, it was pretty interesting. I mean, you get you get mixed emotions because the eighth grade of kids probably like they already kind of know what they want to do or kind of got their mind made up. So you got some people who looked at me, they were like, "Man, it's so cool that you play ball and that like you're coming back here." And I was just telling my story. Mm-hmm. Or then you got other. I see other kids who look like they're kind of they kind of need guidance. Mm-hmm. So for the ones like like so, I went back to a school that my sixth grade teacher was at, and like he mm-hmm. told me, he said you can't. He said. Like the ones who needed to be touched, like they felt your presence, and I wow. definitely, I've definitely felt that because a lot of like some of the kids say they weren't going to go to college, and I sat down and said, hey, you know, you can go to college for free to change your life, like you don't have to worry about debt or anything like that, and then they kind of like oh yeah, like oh like you see like a light bulb come on, you know? So, wow. Long hey, as, like long I was as I say yeah, Titus O'Neil, the wrestler around here, you know, always talks about that. You know, he was a product of rape when his mom was eleven, and you know, crazy story. She they were on the way to get an abortion. She jumped out of the car, and that's how he got here, wow. basically. And he was like getting into a lot of trouble. Never had a father figure. And when he was sixteen, he was at like a boys' ranch for like troubled kids. And someone said to him, "I love you, and you matter to me." And that totally turned his life around. He felt like someone cared about. Him and you have the ability to be that for so many kids, right. and that's and that's kind of what I kind of try to do. Because especially if I don't know if you guys are really familiar with how like with like teachers or school system, but a lot of males aren't mm-hmm. are, oh. aren't teachers. So there's a lot of so kids, a lot, especially boys, they react different to males than they do females. Right, and especially being African American, there's really there's really even less of us there. You know what I mean? Oh. So. Just to have my presence there mm-hmm. and, like, to see, like, kids, like, oh, there's more, like, that he may not have a father, but he see, oh, look at Mr. H. Mr. H played college <laughs> football. H. He has a degree. Like, he's doing something positive with his life. It, like, right. They I, look up to you. Yes. I've never been arrested, like, unlike their fathers. You know what I mean? So they, yeah. can, they can look at me and see there is another lane you can go down. It, you, know? you described a story. You said the uh, the school policeman or security guard, <laughs> one of the kids in the school, described that story. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, like, when I walked in, I checked in the office. He was like, boy, he, I, I, <laughs> Officer Spoffer, I think his name is. He yeah. said, man, he said, I know you're not here. Because yeah. he said, on the, on the radio, I hear, hey, y'all need to come get Bryson. <laughs> he said, y'all need to come get him. And, yeah. and, and mind you, Bryson is a kindergartner. And they over here on the radio talking about, hey, y'all need to come get him. Right. What are, what are some things that he do? What does he do? It's like yeah. all these adults and no one can control five-year-old <laughs> Bryson. Yeah. Bryson, he hit kids. He bullied him. <laughs> he, he cursed at, at six years old. What? He's yeah. five. At five six. six. At six. Yeah, however old he is, he doing grown-up things. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're when you're in town, though, he, he locks it down. Yeah, he he's good. Like he, They say, oh, he's so different when you're here. So he just walks straight line, do his work. He don't bother kids. Like, <laughs> really? Do you think you've affected more people through substitute teaching or through football? Mm. Ooh. That's tough right there. Yeah. Because, like, some of my old teammates, especially, like, how I got hurt and then I came back, a lot of them told me I inspired them. Wow. And I ain't never had a, somebody, like, one of my peers told me that. They look up to me. So I was like, man, that's different right there. Yeah, yeah. And, and that I, just goes to show, like, when you keep going, that just that shows strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that shows strength. Exactly. And, and for me, when it comes to uh, when it comes to football, like, it's like, man, like, you know, it's off season. I started my own company. We're doing a podcast. Like, do do you mope? Do you sit around like, man, football's not call, calling? Or do you work out and do you get these podcasts going and do you work on yourself and keep moving? So other people are like, whoa, Cam, he might not be playing, but he's doing his thing. He's right. doing what he loves, you right. know? So that's, I mean, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then. And from- Cam and I were talking to a guy who had been on the Bucks for nine years and he is having like a really hard time of it because he didn't do anything in his time in the league to build for life after football. And here's Cam, four years in the league, and he has 10,000 things going on because he used his time wisely. And so, you know, you have these people who have played for a really long time, and they just never really maximized the opportunity or saw the forest through the trees. And Cam was proactive and jumped out pretty early. Yeah. And to touch on that, that's when I, when I got hurt, I'm like, man, there's a, 
there's a there's a million other things I could do where I could still be in con- like in connection with the sport. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, cause I feel like before I got hurt, it was like NFL a bust for yep. me, you know. But then after after I got hurt, it kind of opened up my eyes. Like man, like it's okay if you don't like. Even I tell myself, I'm like, it's okay if you don't make it, as long as you like put your best foot forward and give it all you got. Cause at the end of the day, if I don't make it and I gave it all I got, I can sleep at night. Right, right. And I know Eric was t- he touched on this too. That advice you gave about changing your your brand, rebranding yourself, I think that's gonna be big, right? Like you said, once you sleep at night and knowing that you gave your all and then at that moment rebranding yourself. So uh, w- what's your thoughts on that? I mean, that, those are powerful words. That's something I'm gonna take from this interview. Um, h- how was your transition? I know you played at Plant High School, correct? Yep. And all that. So yeah, how, how, was, your, how was your journey? First, I love what you said, Ty, about just being able to sleep at night. And that's kind of how I felt too. I went to Oregon, played four years there, graduated. Towards the end of my career, I had a couple injuries, you know, whatever, whatever, and not playing as much as I wanted to. So I went to USF for my last year and went to that went in that year thinking like, all right, I'm giving everything I have and if, if it doesn't work out, I can I can be at peace mm-hmm. with that. So then when that season ended and I kinda knew where I stood, I had to be real with myself and say, All right, like you're not quite NFL quality based on what you put on the film, time to move on, but I can be at peace because I did everything to prepare myself. And then from there, I was able to say, all right, I'm no longer a football player for me. That meant like, all right, I'm not going to go to pro days or combines. Like, I, I know it's, this is over, and I needed to go to a different different direction. So I think that's the biggest thing is whenever you, you decide that it's over, let it be over. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to keep keep trying for it, great. But then once it's over, it's over, and you got to go full speed ahead on the next, the next path. Mm-hmm. And when you let go of things that are bringing you value, you open up the opportunity for things that are meant for you. So what do you feel like has been able to happen because you – we're able to put football behind you. <laughs> just funny because the way you said that, that sounds like all of our little therapy sessions about my girlfriends at UV <laughs> that we have at Daily East. I don't necessarily, <laughs> necessarily love the girl therapy. <laughs> It'd be like that. It'd be like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, we sit down and I'm like, tell him all stuff. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I hear everything you said, but I'm going to go ahead and do the opposite. Yeah, of and then I see the next day on Instagram story, I text him. I'm like, so about No names, no names, no names, no names, no names. Wow, Whitney. <laughs> we don't do that over here, Whit. No, no, no. No, I, I was saying like, We'll talk, and then like a week later, like July fourth, it'll be like, whoa, okay, all right, we're back. <laughs> no names. Though. This is the name of the podcast. No names. <laughs> we have a circle of trust. We never lips are sealed after we leave those meals. <laughs> Please, <laughs> that's funny, but yeah, yeah. Whitney, what was the question you proposed to him again? Oh, yeah. yeah, what was the question? I, I, I just asked, like, now that you've like let go of football of something that like you know wasn't going to bring you value moving forward, or was going to be more of a strain on your life, you opened up the opportunity for things that were more of a fit for you and made you happier. So, like, what's been able to happen because you were at peace with putting football behind you? I mean, I think this whole real estate thing, I guess perfect example of that is um, I was starting my real estate class. This is, like, four years ago, maybe. My college coach, Chip Kelly, is the coach of the Eagles. So, I, me and my dad went out to training camp for a day. Um, my dad just spoke to the team. I just watched. Uh, a couple of my buddies are on the staff there from Oregon. A couple of guys I played with are on the team. And I get back to Tampa and – uh, James Harris, who's like Chip's one of his right hand right hand men, calls me and says, "Hey, we have a quality control position for you. Do you want to take it?" I was like, "Oh, I could be an NFL coach tomorrow." Like, yeah. but at the same time, I was like, "I kind of already started this real estate thing, and I kind of want to see it through." And so, even though this is a cool opportunity, I'm going to go ahead and and keep this going. And you know, at the end of the year, their staff gets fired. They're, half of them are in San Francisco. Half of them are whoever knows where else. And, and I'm just getting real estate going. So I think if I didn't have peace with football and I was still trying to hang on, mm. then I might have jumped at that opportunity and, and then delayed my 
next career by a year or two years or however long. Well, I think that's such an important point because when you're secure with who you are, you don't jump at the next new shiny toy. And the thing that superficially looks like a great opportunity, you have the patience to wait to know what you're meant for. And those are the things that are going to add real quality to your life. Yeah. And I think those are one of the things we see with, uh, with Andrew Luck, really, you know, him, him laying it down, like, look, like, this is it for me right now. You know, like my mental, my physical, my spiritual is is not aligning with this. So, I mean, you know, you have guys like Jason Witten, right? He's like, okay, I'm going to put it down and I'm going to come back. Um, you know, so he hasn't really wrapped it up yet. And maybe he needs to listen to this podcast and your advice, you know, like, hey, like if you start something, you know, just finish it or, or do whatever. But, um, you know, with Andrew Luck, and I want to ask, you know, you two are both Indiana guys. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll dive into that pretty soon. But what are your thoughts on that Andrew Luck issue? Well, and, and then, I mean, I – I completely respect this decision because mm-hmm. uh, ha- having a season in the injury, that stuff can be mentally draining. Yeah. And having it over and over and over, like, it takes a special kind of person to really, like, bounce back. Yeah, have some grit and uh, to get through it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I can, my, my hat is off to him. I'm, Whatever's best for him, I'm happy for Right, him. and you went through it, right? Uh, right. Your injury with um, at your senior year of college, yes. and you went through that injury, and you know what the rehab is like. Um, I want this for my future. And you have these pressures of the people that you influenced back in Tampa, yes. like, oh, are you going to be playing again? Or what are you going to do? And it's like, man, like I have to recover, and I have to do these different exactly. things. Are you going to get a real job? Like, yeah. all that. Yeah, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. So, so E, what about yeah. you? What's your thoughts um, on that? When I first saw the news, it was weird how it kind of broke during the game on Twitter. So I'm at dinner with a couple of friends, and one of my friends is like, yo, Andrew Luck retired. I'm like, did Adam Schefter get hacked? Like, what's going on here? And then I'm thinking, like, there's got to be a scandal. They're trying to cover it up. Is he doing drugs? Like, what's going on? But yeah. then the more I just processed, I was like, yeah, man, like, kidney and, and, and uh, L, uh, shoulder and concussion and ankle and calf and ribs. And I'm that's like, the whole body. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, yeah, that's every year you do that. You work all all summer to get back right and then get hurt again and then four or five years in a row and you've, you went to Stanford and made a good amount of money and have a an architecture degree. I'm yeah. like, yeah. Engineering, architecture. The more architect- I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it sounds about right that he just walked away. Like, right. it makes sense. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all with it, man. And his and his dad or his uncle or somebody is the commissioner for the his XFL? Dad. Yeah. His oh. dad is the his, commissioner. And his, oh, is his dad Oliver? His, yes. Oliver Love. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. <laughs> so he can still be around the sport if he wants exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And, and I know, too, Ty, you're you're looking to go to the XFL as well yes. and dive into that. Um, for, and, and Drew as well. We have Drew Ferris here in the building. Um, so the XFL, I, I'm not too sure on it, right? I got the email like, hey, you're invited. Come through. And for me, I'm like, okay, I played four years in the NFL, right? I have, you know, I'm vested. So I'm like, okay, if I do this, will it be beneficial, right? Ben, you know, when it comes to benefits, educa- uh, education after, health care. So from what you know what's your experience with that with see I'm I'm like I'm still I'm still learning I'm still learning just like you right 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 but at at the same at the same time I just want to play right right so. and, and I know you were at the AF for a little while yeah. as well so how how was that experience and what do you expect to, to transfer over and I, well he got to meet me so <laughs> <laughs> so it was awful <laughs> touche touche <laughs> comedy but well, keep keep rephrase that again. <laughs> yeah, I mean Eric's dropping these funny these funny dimes. <laughs> oh no! So I, I was saying too. What was AAF like? Yeah, it was AF like I besides mean, meeting Whitney. It, it was really good, and 
like you can really use it as a stepping stone. Like every time, every time I turn on a preseason game, I see like a, a handful of guys I played with that are playing in the NFL right now. Mm. So you do what you're supposed to do, and you'll you'll be where you want to be. Right. It's another so opportunity. Yes, mm-hmm. and it, you said the XFL too, right? Like you said, your agent he could possibly give you some NFL workouts, some XFL workouts. Yes. So either way it goes, you want to end up back in the NFL, right. and the XFL can be a stepping stone, or right. you can just hop right into the NFL. Exactly, and that's and I feel like it's a it's a, a chance for guys to get film who may not have played. That much in the NFL can come to the XFL and really show everything they got, you know? Right, right. When you're a big deal, will you still remember the Energy Captains podcast? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully you can give a call to Oliver Luck and he can help you out with that. Right. Um, uh, Issa, what about you with XFL? What are your thoughts on that? And, you know, you being in the football arena for a long time, what are your thoughts on, on how it's going and where it's moving? Yeah, I don't know a ton about it. I'm just naturally a little skeptical. I mean, we've had the, the AAF and we've had the XFL. We had the old XFL. You had the UFL. None of them. None of them are here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I want to see it do well. I want to see you know my boys like Tyree, like guys like I saw Dearness Johnson in the AAF, who's now with the Browns. So mm-hmm. my boy Josh Huff. Like there's there's guys out there, and you want to see them do well and get opportunities. But like the skeptic in me is like, man, like what's gonna make this on the business side different than the other? You know, because they're they're startup. They're basically startups. They're startup companies, and it's like. Do they have the right people behind them that are going to – do they have enough money to cover payroll for the whole season? Like, so yeah. I'm curious to see how it's going to play out. Yeah, I heard Vince McMahon is, like, is is the president of it, right, or something like he, that? Or he's the owner. The owner. Okay, the owner of it. So hopefully he can get that, you know, WWE wrestling money in there. and. Oh, wow, liquidated half a billion. So this yeah. is coming from Drew Ferris. They Same. liquidated well, liquidated half – Okay, so so Drew Ferris so says. So it's funded. It's yeah. the moral of the story. Right, yeah. I got to say, man, I saw the, the team names come out, and obviously, you know, Team Tampa Bay all day, but we, what a missed opportunity. I think we're the. Uh, the we're the Vipers. Yeah, Vipers. I was so upset. Why are we not the Florida men? The Florida men. Wow, that's, that's I comedy. Saw you tweet that. <laughs> that's comedy. Yeah, so that's a missed op now getting the Florida men title. <laughs> Eric, growing up in Tampa, how many Vipers have you ever seen around? I've seen. Ne- negative five. Uh, I don't think I've seen the yeah. single viper. We could have been like the the black and yellow killer fellow. Sna- what are those called? The coral snake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mr. H. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't raise your hand, Eric. This is the question does not count. Don't, don't call out again. <laughs> Attention. Right. It's, it's that's funny. You're talking about education. Y'all play football against each other, right? Well, how, how was that? This, how was- <laughs> this man, Eric Dungey, introduced me. I'm I'm I'm. This is shoot, summer twenty. Going into 2010, yeah, 2010. Uh-huh. So summer, I'm going into my uh, sophomore year, and this guy Eric Dungey <laughs> introduces me to the back shoulder. Oh, <laughs> with the push off. Oh, with the push off. Yeah. Flag on the play. Huh? Right. Right, no right. flag though. Oh man, it was 707. Hands up. Whose team wow. was better when you guys played each other? Don't lie to him. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we went to state that year. Oh, back to back state champions, four A and five A. Oh, I I'm plan. surprised you didn't show up with all your rings, <laughs> <laughs> looking like Mr. T or somebody. With wow. Okay. Nah, so. But I will say, I'll give a little credit to Tampa Catholic. We used to play Wednesday night seven on sevens, like all spring and summer. They were one of the, the schools that like wanted to play us every week. Um, they're a smaller school, but they didn't back down. We usually did win. Like that's the fact. But, like, <laughs> but they they competed. They played hard. They made us better. I think we made them better. So you know, all love. And I obviously never played football except for fantasy. But I have to give um, Eric credit for being the best teammate because we grew up going to Berkeley together. And then you know we 
both hadn't been back in the longest time, and I had to give a speech there in May, and Eric came and watched the whole thing in the middle of the day and sat in the front row and was my biggest cheerleader and stayed for the lunch <laughs> and, like, did not let me go do that alone. And so... A plus teammate. Wow. Football, life, it's all about being a team player, man. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Supporting each other. Exactly. Yeah. Energy captains. Yeah. And, and Whitney, so describe you at Berkeley. You guys were together at Berkeley um, at school there. How was that experience? I know you have you have mixed feelings about Berkeley. I mean, <laughs> we, um, at the end of the day, like you went there, you spoke to them, the whole body, you know, student uh, teacher body there. So how how, how was that? <laughs> Eric, how was the speech? Well, it was a great speech for sure. Like no no cap is what y'all are saying. <laughs> no cap. No, it was a great speech. We're like, the same age. Hold on. Yeah. I'm just saying y'all is like in society. Like uh, I've never said that in my life, but that's what people are saying that's on Twitter. What the kids are saying. Well, in Tampa, we've been saying capping since I'll 07. say that's the thing that throws me oh. off. It's like yeah, I'm seeing yeah. like what does this mean? I don't understand what you're like, saying. If you if you capping like you lying, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, why don't we so just like, say lying? We had a new word. That's what's throwing me off is that I'm seeing like the managers of like Domino's Pizza Twitter account say like no cap, like we have the best pizza. I'm like, <laughs> my friends were saying that when I was like nine years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> like but that's old. a new thing now, I guess. Yeah. Same thing with Bay. Like that was something that people said in Tampa when you're like AOL Instant Messenger. And then like four years ago, it became like mainstream. Right. So you started all these trends. <laughs> no, no, so I, think t- I, Tampa, I think, I don't know about that. But Tampa, I think Tampa really did start no cap. Mm-hmm. We were saying capping back in 07. Right. A lot of lingo. We've set the record straight. Right. Can we we can all move on now? <laughs> Pay homage. We know that. So anyway, back to the speech. I like walked off the stage. I was like, that went really well. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talk to him, man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get the applause button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> myself. But I just like didn't skip over a word. I just like went up there and drilled that thing and like wasn't nervous. And I, f- I had all these people come up after because like I talk about like find the boss who sees the world the same way you do and all the lessons I learned in the real world. And like some of the teachers were like, oh, like. I didn't I guess, know you could like, do that. Yeah, and like, oh, I guess my boss does make it. Like, it just affected everyone. And, you know, I got all these notes from kids and parents after. And so that always, um, you know, makes it the most fulfilling. And then I'm finally putting it into a book. So I'm writing chapter eight now. So we have, like, one quarter Ooh. left to go. So we're almost there, which is exciting. I need eight test readers to write the whole book. So, yeah, I don't know. Eric, you've already gotten the party started with the speech. So I feel like just keep sending it your way but anyway Eric was a great teammate that day because we hadn't been back in a really long time and the school has totally changed it looks like Mar-a-Lago now oh man <laughs> yeah there's a lot of just uh anxiety and nervousness for both of us to be back there yeah. um a school that's great for some people not as great for for others and we were the others and so it was a little little nerve-wracking to be back and just kind of walk through the halls that we had a lot of long days and, yeah. and stuff at. We but. were just like I can't do this without you <laughs> like I can't do this without you man long days like what like what well, I mean can you take us in a little? I mean, you, you don't have to guess everything, but what was it like? Like long days? Okay, I was there 14 years. It was a really long time. To oh, jeez. Yeah, I was Ooh. there. Eric bailed on me. <laughs> kindergarten through sixth grade. You can blame the Bucks for firing my dad. That's why we left. But oh, <laughs> God, no shots. <laughs> but uh, but um, nah. For me, it was just like a. Uh, they fired me too, by the way. So. <laughs> Yeah, all big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was just kind of like a. Uh, uh, diversity thing for me like I was the only African-American boy from kindergarten to sixth grade in my grade mm-hmm. and so I had a lot of great friends there but at the same time it just I felt like I was like had to be a representation of my whole race and the pressures of that for like a 10 year old it was just a lot and then was it was it that stressful like, yeah what? like I see Berkeley I see swimming pools I see <laughs> pools, <laughs> nice weight rooms you go to Tampa Catholic like the hood <laughs> yeah yeah okay our rock climbing wall I mean yeah right wait uh, you have a rock climbing wall and no 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 that's Berkeley we don't have that at TC yeah, yeah no, all <laughs> yeah. that all that is true it's just like 
When Eric you, and I are like pretty pure, down to earth. Yeah, when the, when the entire parking lot's full with like Range Rovers and Mercedes, and oh, every single person's going to an Ivy League school, and it's just like a lot of like the pressures. And then they're not really trying to prepare people to be entrepreneurs or free spirits. It's more like, all right, you go here, you get this degree, and you go to Goldman Sachs, and, and then you you know. Yeah. And so if you're not if you're not on that track, it's it's just like a tough environment for yeah. me. And I would say on my end, I just, like, didn't really relate to a lot of the people. Like, I was class president. I got along with everyone. But there, like, there was no journalism. There was no sports program. Like, academically, there was, like, okay, there's these four subjects. And, you know, success means getting A's in all of them. And I did fine in school. But I just, like, the kids, like, and a lot of them kind of, like, plateaued. They never went on. They were, they still, a lot of them still post pictures that say they hashtag it no new friends. Like, they were just... Like, there was no, like, realness. They were all, like, super superficially driven. That's just never been my type of person. Yeah, it sounds like you yeah. killed it over there, though, huh? Uh, did you, I what, did you Did you graduate top of your class? They they didn't rank at Berkeley. But uh, I went to Florida where I was so happy, so that's all I cared about. Ah, uh, Florida. Yeah, and it days. was, like, after all these years of being with these kids who were just, like, it was very clicky. People were exclusive. Like, everything I don't believe in. And then I went to Florida, and everyone's just, like, happy and, like, hugs each other and yeah it was a i mean the first like chapter of my book is about like my experience like growing up and it was just like i look back and i'm like i don't know that i had like a happy year in the, all those 14 years wow that's that's tough it, it was really tough and, and knowing you too right so did they have a law program there at, at berkeley or did they have like a law track or anything like that because i know your whole family they consist of lawyers so you're like okay. i'm not going to be a lawyer i'm going to do something yeah, I sat else. at the table at five years old i'm like i'm not doing this right <laughs> whatever right whatever you do yeah so there was just there it was basically all about okay what you wore what you looked like what car you drove where you went to college and there was no substance uh, fostered mm. and for instance my brother left and transferred to tampa prep and, you know, there was a girl who was, I think she was like, you know, over 300 pounds. She was on the rowing team and she was one of the most popular girls because, you know, the school really fostered authenticity and individuality. And I wrote this, wrote about this in the book, too. But when I ended up getting to VaynerMedia, it's why I loved it so much, because the more real and pure and authentic you were, the more you were valued and the more Gary built you up. And those were the leaders of the company. And it was that way at Tampa Prep, too, for my brother. My brother went from a kid who like had didn't feel like he had any friends at Berkeley like sat on the curb like just he was like so down and out and by the end of Tampa prep he was student body president and then wow. went to UF and Harvard Law like I've never seen a bigger transformation in a kid it just if you don't fit the mold and check every single box of what they're looking for they make you feel like a complete failure and I think actually it's more important to teach failure than success in life um but i just don't think they taught qualities about actual camaraderie or about supporting one another it was like you know just a superficial contest yeah yeah and i think too like i mean it seemed like they respect you at that school there even though you went through those things they respect you at that school and i think once they read your book once they hear the podcast um the culture will change right maybe the, you know the, the it has uh, principal, changed a lot since we've been there that's been a priority oh, okay nice nice but maybe you can hammer that home the principal be like hey like whitney believes in this our our you know savior and whitney holtzman <laughs> <laughs> so let's change these let's change these aspects and um eric i know you transferred from there to plant so you know what's crazy um one of the coaches from Plant, I don't know if it was, you know, what the timeline was, but he said the only way you can transfer to Plant is if um, you have to take an elective or something like that, like a Latin elective. And you were like, yeah, like, I want to take Latin or Latin three or something like that. <laughs> what, what was that story? Like, I don't know if it was true or what What was that? There's some truths in there. But so I moved to Indianapolis first okay. um, and then moved to Tampa. When I came back to Tampa, I was like, I'm not going back to Berkeley. So we were <laughs> yeah. figuring out the other options. So I went to Plant. Um, I had an, a... a um, hardship to get to plant so I didn't it wasn't the elective thing but I did take Latin and 
Latin at the school I went to in Indiana was kind of taught one way, and it was pretty cool. And then we got to Latin at Plan, and it was Latin. <laughs> Real Latin. So, so that, that didn't last too long. Okay, as someone who also took Latin, why is it taught anywhere? No one speaks it. That's like, I thing, go to yeah. all these, like, South... Okay, but I go to, like, South American countries. You go to Latin like, America, and they speak Spanish. <laughs> I just, like, I can't communicate unless you go to Pompeii, where everyone got in the, you know, got caught in the volcano eruption, whatever. R.I.P. <laughs> so, like, I just, yeah, they, I took it for so many years, and now I travel all over the world, and I can't communicate with these people because I took Latin. <laughs> I took Spanish, so, I mean, that, that helps me a little bit more than Latin, but, you know, I don't know, did you take any? <laughs> C. C. <laughs> more <be> in. <laughs> you do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... It's a thing. But. I can sing the months in Spanish, so it's just not transferable to like having a conversation. So, like, we <laughs> learned it like in elementary school and then moved to Latin, so it's like the things I can do are just like you're not going to walk up to someone and like count to ten. You can sing. <laughs> you can sing the months in Latin. I think you know, like, in Spanish. I think, Spanish? You to, I think you have to do it now. Oh, no. All right, at Berkeley. I mean, come on. Enero, febrero, marzo, abril, julio, junio. Wait, junio. Mayo, Junio, Julio, agosto, September, October, November, December. Wow. It wasn't a bravo. song, but like. Can I you remember do a hand clap for that. I mean, that I'm Berkeley. Hey, <laughs> did you go with that? <laughs> Put me on the spot. And you just leave me hanging. No, I think we all wanted to hear you sing, sing that or do no, that. No, I. You know, you used. I've told you the story. I used to get grounded in my house if I sang. I have the worst voice. I mean, I still. I think. It's beautiful. <laughs> like I think it's really pretty, and I sing all the time that's, in the car, shower, nuts. you name it. But like my parents, who were like allowed like pretty much anything they were like if you keep singing you're gonna be punished no yeah ask them they hate they think i have an awful voice they plug their ears i'm like what do you why don't you hear the beauty i don't understand what they oh, hear man. versus what i hear no that's <laughs> i never that's the first time i heard that in <laughs> I a lifetime told you that story yeah i think you have but like yeah. being grounded for it like that's the first time i've yeah. heard somebody get grounded for singing like i when i grew up like i used to write books i used to make little movies like i used to draw football plays all this stuff and i never got grounded like <laughs> right. and i wasn't good any of that stuff but, but i'm saying that my parents fostered this thing of like yeah try new things so yeah. like that tells me you were awful at singing <laughs> that's the thing is they allowed pretty much and they thought we were great at everything but i think the singing was so bad and i probably just kept going that they were like we have to impose some punishment to get this to stop right now wow and, and eric you said that you wrote books when you were younger or you used to yeah, write just all types of stuff you know i'd be in the house and like i'd I, one time I went to my dad's office and got a Sharpie and was drawing plays on his on his on his whiteboard, which is you know that's fine. Yeah. But like Sharpies don't come off on the whiteboard, so, oh, <laughs> so they, they were there they were there until Gruden came in. <laughs> they were like, "What is this dove?" On the- like none, none of these plays make sense. They're never gonna work. Like, <laughs> which is yeah. yeah. But I feel like this plays into like people don't realize like you have this like creative side and soft side. And, like maybe you're a hopeless romantic and people don't know that and you should tell them about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's accurate, but. No, no, go back to Cam's original question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I just, you know, I do different things, draw pictures, uh, make little, back in like the camcorder days, make little videos with my friends, just oh, nice. just different things. You're just messing around. None of it's really great, but your parents or my parents anyways kind of were like, yeah, I tried different things. Like, just they encouraged me to just be myself and branch out and, and kind of trial and error different things, which was great. Oh, okay. That's A-plus parenting right there. That's the difference between kids who feel good about themselves and instilling self-esteem is, like, the key right. to people being successful at life. Because mm-hmm. if you don't allow the external factors to affect you, you're going to be so much better off and define you. Well, Ty, did you do any drawing or did you do anything? Uh, cool? I didn't. Uh, one thing y'all wouldn't know about me, I love to fish. Oh, okay. okay. And, and I'm the Madden Goat. 
Okay, <laughs> you said it with a serious face, like yeah. Yeah. like anybody can see you. Anybody, Xbox, PS4, don't what? matter. Oh, GameCube, dang, Rubik's Cube, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything, everything, you you, you can go. Okay, so fishing. What are some of your favorite fishing spots? Where do you go? Are you on Shoot. Deadliest Catch? I just started watching. No, I, that wouldn't, show. I wouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> that water smacking to that boat. <laughs> that ain't the move. But actually, you know what's crazy? I I had better fishing in Indiana than in the Florida. Here it's too hot and the fish don't bite. Wait, do they have water in Man. Indiana? Where it's in the middle? Um, yeah, where are you, you fishing? Oh, like in a fish like tank? Ponds, like freshwater Ponds fish, lakes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, caught, I, caught the, I caught the biggest bass I ever caught up there, like ten pounds. Oh, wow. Are you sure someone didn't just get in, like, put it in the pond for you? Because I've never heard of, like, epic got, fishing in Indiana. If it got in the pole, it's still a catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, wait, when did you start fishing? When you, how old were you when you started? I don't know. We just, see, my mom, my mom, like, my best friend. Oh, but wow. she'll do it. Cool. She'll lay, but she'll do anything. Like, we, mm-hmm. she would go shooting together. We, we'll, we'll go fishing. We like, have we'll a theme on the show of, yeah. like, epic moms, moms. And then their guests coming on, like, Cam's mom, like, he always says he, like, works with me because, like, he came from, like, a strong superwoman. And, like, that. I know you're close with your mom. Like, that's, like, the theme of this podcast. Oh, yeah. oh Melanie can hold her own. <laughs> T- TPD for uh, 22 years. Oh, oh yeah. all right. Okay. Yeah, department. she can hold her own. Oh, man. This is our yeah. officer. No, I'm not. Hey. Oh, wow. TPD for 20, 20-something respect, years. Respect. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for her service. Yeah, that's incredible. Mom. Is she still on the force? No, no. She got out of there. <laughs> Why you saying, like, Chris Brown saying deuces? Yeah. Wow, that, I mean that's pretty tough too being in Tampa. Um, and that's the crazy part too is my girlfriend, her mom's uh, LAPD. She was LAPD, mm-hmm. so she worked on Skid Row. Um, and wow. it was crazy because she would say that her mom could never cry. You know what I mean? Like she never could show that weakness in those workplaces. Whitney's like, oh, here we go, right? <laughs> but you know, just and I guess in the '80s or whatever, like things were a little bit tougher back in the day. Like there was the you know the crack yep. epidemic, mm-hmm. so a lot of things were going on. Uh, NWA was going, so the police, you know, <laughs> Rodney, oh, yeah, right, Rodney King, right. like. Yeah. It was, yep. There was a lot of things going on. And so being a woman in the workforce, um, being a woman, I think, in life in general, like... Cam seen through my eyes how freaking hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, like she gets no breaks. And, yeah. you know, uh, I'm going to transition really fast, uh, tap into how, how Eric saved us when it came to this podcast, right? Um, and the people that, you know, we were dealing with at first with the podcast, they were treating Whitney... Um, uh, it, it was... Uh, you how the do you word describe dis- the word? Disrespectful is the word you Okay, use. disrespectful, uh, you know... I, I I'm so upset when I speak about it because they in the email they they said some wild things to you and I couldn't I can't imagine like it happening to anybody else's uh, parents or mothers or sisters or anything like that so I can't just imagine uh, a mom being on Skid Row being in Tampa being a pol- you know a police officer what they go through so does she tell you like any wild stories or anything crazy that she's been through she, I mean not nothing t- nothing too crazy okay but, uh, okay. You- 22 years, I'm 25, so that tell you how long it's been, you know Oh, what I mean? wow, yeah, yeah. So, but, like, just, like, how she said, like, like we, talk, we actually talked about this the other day. Like, mm. she said the first time that she smelled, like, a decomposing body. Mm. She said wow. she'll never oh. forget that smell. Yeah. We, we passed by the medical mm-hmm. examiner's office, mm-hmm. and she she said she still can, like, Like, smell flashbacks. Smell, yeah. mm. Whoa. So, wow, so Melanie's your best friend. Yeah, we do everything. Shout out to my dad too. My dad's police too. Oh, okay. Shout out to pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, you were growing up disciplined. Like, you weren't messing around. You weren't getting grounded. You weren't. That's the thing. I wasn't (laughs) for singing. (laughs) Singing. Imagine if I sing in your house. (laughs) Be on probation. (laughs) (laughs) Be handcuffed. (laughs) But like going back to it, I wasn't like I was never that kid that wanted to get in trouble. I never. That just wasn't in my DNA. Like, you, you always hear stuff. They say. Pastors' kids or police kids are the worst. Like, that's not true. Look at me. Like I just, it was a mindset. But my mom always said she kept us 
I, well, I got two older brothers. She said she always kept us so busy where we couldn't get in trouble. And that, and we just wanted, we just had a love for sports. So mm-hmm. we didn't want to be in the streets. You know what I mean? Wow, that's big. And I know you're super close with your mom. And I actually remember she used to like come to school and help serve lunch. Like she didn't have free time to begin with, but she was always like the mom at school. She was like a mom to everyone. Yeah, I think my mom might have 48 hours in her day because, yeah. like, I don't know how she does everything in 24, but... How many, how many kids? Uh, we're up to 11 now. Jeez. Yeah. So Shout out to Lauren. Yeah, my mom and I, were, me, my mom and dad are biking on Monday morning, yoga on Wednesday, and that's just, like, me and her. Like, I don't know what she does with, with my siblings and with my dad and, like, everything else, but she stays after it. She's running marathons and, and doing triathlons. So she's she's amazing. Superwoman. Oh, yeah, yeah, super mom. And I love that, you know, when we've been talking about your job and your transition into this real estate world, something that's really hit you, you don't always realize the impact you can make on someone's yeah. life when you transition into a new career. And you've really been able to help create these magical family moments because a lot of times you're working with athletes who, you know, okay, they have to quickly come to Tampa and they're pulling their kids out of school or there's like a little girl and they're looking at a house. You're like, this is the school district. So talk a little bit about how that's been unexpected in this part of your career. Yeah. A lot of people, they see the the end result and think, oh, you're making so much money. And first of all, not. <laughs> but Donate Venmo is. <laughs> but whatever, like it's so much, the things that I enjoy are so much better than any amount of check could buy. So like a recent story, I ton of, you're alluding to it, um, was helping a client that relocated and the uh, the couple was very particular about what schools they wanted their, their child to go to. So we were only looking at schools within three or four different school districts. We finally found a place. And after we kind of put, put, the, put the initial paperwork in and we're looking like we're going to get the place, I was in the car with them driving past the school and the, the, the mom goes to the daughter like, this is where you're going to be going to school like starting next week. And like that moment, like I, I was like trying to drive and like wipe a little tear <laughs> off my eye. Wow. And that's to me, that was so much cooler than like any amount of commission or any check or any notoriety was just like this family that had moved to Tampa, didn't know anything, was like, all right, we're starting our life here and this is the school where our, where her dreams are going to be made. And it was just like a really cool moment. And yeah, I get that like once a month on some level. So it's, that's what I really enjoy. And anything that happens in football is a team sport. So, you know, th- no one can ever take full credit, but you're actually the one really where it falls on that they trust you and you're, you're the one who's solely changing their lives when they move here. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a lot to put on me, but I guess I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. feeding their souls. Your impact is even greater than when you're part of a larger team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like just like teaching, substitute teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you should really take that serious because, like like Eric said, you know, he's feeding these people's souls. It's their start. Like, who knows when kids come back, like, yo, I remember when Ty said this or he did this and now I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Right, just because yeah. your words and your actions. So uh, I would say to you, bro, just, just keep chopping. You know what I mean? And find your niche and maybe sure you want to teach full time one of these days you know then you'll have to get your pocket square cracking you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny so uh, but yeah um, you know thank you guys um, and you know Whitney for bringing these fabulous guests on and sharing their stories with us I appreciate yeah, y'all yeah I feel lucky like all our paths have you know crossed so that we've all been able to meet each other and then to bring everyone together is like I dream of these moments so yeah yeah and Eric thank you for yeah, getting this for podcast in. going and yeah. thank you for hanging in Eric, yeah, Eric was gonna stop in just to say hi and we're like hey can you sit down for an hour for this podcast <laughs> yeah, so, so thanks for being a good yeah sport. appreciate you guys for having me tied I mean to steal your shine I literally was just gonna say what's up and next thing I knew I had a microphone and a headset so <laughs> it'd be like but. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, but, yeah thank you Ty appreciate you all right much love y'all